Kappa, you are in an empty room of an old, musty home. In this room, we see a small fireplace alight, illuminating the room, a glossy window showing a street laid with snow. And as we pan across the room, we see parts of the walls and floors which are lighter than the rest of the room, showing signs that objects are missing or have been removed. You're currently standing over your bed and you're packing. Yeah, Carper is packing his things. There's really not much left. Um, all that remains is just clothes, garments, bags and things like that. So he scoops up everything he can, warm clothes specifically, but also feeling horrible. Feeling a sense of freedom though, at the same time. He knows that working on his own has always been better and he's been able to do things a lot easier and quicker. Uh, so he's really glad that he also has that ability now to go out and do things on his own, make a name for himself. As you're packing, you look up and you see through the window another rapper folk dressed in white and bluish fur, covered head to toe with animal hide covering his head as a hat. And they are trudging through the snow. They've got a dagger and a backpack and a bow. And as they're trudging through the snow, they look over and they see you and you guys make eye contact. And you see the brown face and red and green eye of your younger brother, Arthur. Uh, I want to rush to the door. Do I see him like making a dash or is he coming to see me? What He's walking he... away from the house. I want to rush outside and try and catch up with him. So you open the door. It's snowy, but it's not heavy. Maybe half a foot thick. So it's easy to trudge through. You step on mixtures of dirt and uh, cobblestone and you make your way down as your brother's already starting to walk off. Arthur, wait! And start running towards him. And you see the full body of your younger brother stop and he's a good four inches smaller than you but he's bulky and he stops and he turns around he's just got a very straight face oh my god arthur do you know what has happened to me have you heard from Eden? no i haven't but i've spoken to father uh, well what did he say told me that you lost the family heirloom that you're a disappointment and that you're now no longer part of the family well gosh he doesn't know the full story you have to you have to listen to me right now I think I'm good. Arthur, you're like a brother to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I am your brother. And that's kind of why I, I'm going to follow father's wishes. You never really treated me as an equal. Well, that's because you're my younger brother. I, I shouldn't be. I should just be your brother. You chose Eden over me and Harriet. Arthur, you cannot... Listen, you're still my brother. But at the end of the day, I'm still a caniculus. And if... Father reckons that's the cold, then that's the cold. Now, I don't want to waste any more of your time, but I gotta go. I got some orders that I gotta follow up with. Some people want some fur, so I'm gonna go up to the spine of the world and hunt me some animals. Arthur, is he starting to walk away or is he? He's getting ready to, yes. Okay, I want to extend my hand to like shake. Arthur, um, I'll see you around, yes. And he looks at your hand and he looks at you and goes, goodbye, Arthur. And he walks off and starts slowly trudging through the snow. And as he starts walking off, you see the snowfall start to pick up quite heavily and drastically. Arthur disappears in the snowfall. You're standing there in the midst just by yourself. Snow covering, building up. And that was the last time you were in East Haven.
Are you ready? Yeah, it's been recorded the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first thing, we love Carpa. Sometimes. Um, and second thing, hello and welcome to our podcast, John and Dragons, where the first D is silent. I am your dungeon master and friend, Alex, and I'll be running our campaign, which we will be calling Tales of Icewind. We are a podcast for our friend John, who never has time for D&D, so we thought, hey, let's make him something to listen, and for anyone else who has no time, but might want to share in our story. So, to get started, let's quickly meet our group. Uh, I'm Mitch, I play as Virgil. Some people would call me shady, but really I'm just quite private. I am a warlock and a, a, a drow, uh, but I try to keep that one a secret. I'm Carl, I play Steve, stands for Scientific Team Epsilon Variable Executor. I am a, a Warforged Artificer. The boys call me Nez, and I play Carpa Henry Caniculus. Uh, I am a rather handsome rabbit folk bard. I dress sharp, and I shoot even sharper. Okay, and with these introductions, let's get started. We start our scene with you, Carpa, outside, who has just heard the words East Haven. And then we pan through the creak of the door to you, Virgil and Steve, who are sitting down and have just heard Nerth exclaim that a murderer has just been detained and trialled for execution. I look over at Steve with a puzzled look under my mask and goggles. And I turn back to, um, to Nerth. Uh, what, what could you possibly mean by that? I, I thought uh, we would be the, the perfect candidates for this uh, particular uh, job. Well, seems that fate had other ideas. <laughs> yeah, but uh, look at that smug look on your face. Uh, you, you weren't betting on us, I take it. I don't have a bet in this fight. It's just amusing that you found out your prime suspect was in East Haven, and now East Haven has arrested a murderer, making your investigation pointless. The simplest answer is not the, the, the correct one. There will be more to this, I, I tell you. Well, of course, Virgil. The large, important town such as East Haven has made a mistake because small, sly Virgil has a feeling. Well, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm sensing some uh, history between you two. I might just, uh, I might just leave you guys to it. Uh, no, 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 Steve, that is not necessary. I believe we have done here. Now that is something we can both agree on. Gentlemen, thank you for your service to Targos, but now I'm gonna have to ask you to move on. But don't go too far, Virgil. You never know if it'll be your name called upon next to appease the Frost Maiden. Man, I will keep that in mind, thank you, Nerd. Well, you know, that sounds uh, ominous. I'll give a gentle bow and I see myself out. So you, you guys open the door yeah. and... Uh, I am... Non shot like I was standing like listening to the door and then I realized that they're just out on the other side So I quickly like jump back and like f fiddle around and I'm leaning against them. make like, a stealth check All right, uh, I failed. What'd you get? Five plus like two or something but seven What happens is you lean on like a pedestal that's near the door and there's a vase on it You knock the pedestal and the vase is about to fall over and you're like trying to cold both <laughs> The guys catch you as you're putting them back together. Oh, yes, I'm very natural. Scared me you scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, stand to hop, skip, and jump out of here. So what's next on the agenda for Beast of Bremen here? All right, I, I'm still, I don't know, 
I, I'm, I'm cautious about wanting to walk again from town to town just because we've had so much trouble. Okay, I, I've spent some time in Icewind Dale and uh, uh, it is almost a straight shot from where we are straight to East Haven. May I recommend we, we uh, hire the services of someone with uh, a cart or some, some type of land transport? That, that makes the most sense. Why are we going to go to East Haven? Didn't he just say that we need to you know, move on? This, this is no longer our quest. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't believe so. I think, and I, uh, I feel like I am correct in saying this. You were uh, eavesdropping on our conversation. Um, you will hear that I, I, I do believe there is more to this than than might initially meet the eye. Uh, I, I really did not hear you say that. Oh, interesting. No, that's okay. I don't believe you, but. Right. Well, uh, all right then. Let's get your cart. Do you know of a mode of transport since you're from here? They're carts, right? Yeah, so Virgil and Kappa, you would both know that, although more scarce than it used to be, there are services or modes of transport from town to town. This includes a cart driver or a carriage driver, sled dogs, or even horse-sized birds known as axe beaks. Um, they are large, white-feathered birds, flightless, so they have very small wings, and they have large, very sharp axe-shaped beaks. Uh, for the listeners, uh, John and John, um, if you've ever played Final Fantasy, they look like chocobos. I would like to, uh, is there, like, the cart service, is that, like, at the gates? I'm picturing Skyrim, how, like, the cart is, like, on the gates. Yeah, if they're here today. I, I would like to go check to see if there are carts here. Yeah, yeah so you, you're taking, Virgil takes charge, uh, Steve and Carper are in tow. Yeah. You reach the front of Targos's walls to its uh, south gateway. Make a perception check, I guess. 15. You take a look around. You inquire with the guards, and you get informed that there is a card service. It's going to be a nine and a half hour trip, though, from Targos straight through Bryn Shander all the way to East Haven if you're going in one go. Let's make a roll. So, one to five, you get the shittest card driver I can think of. Five to 15, you get an average card driver. 15 to 20, you get the best card service. 17. Nice. King. So, King. So Virgil's, you're inquiring, you're asking about cart services and prices. You get informed that there is currently an individual here, a half-elven man mm-hmm. who owns a cart <laughs> service. Uh, it's called Swan Express. Swan Express? And it's owned by an individual named Gregorio Swan. And he is currently not that far, he's just around the corner. He's just actually setting up his cart because he just got back. Okay. And he gives you directions. He says this is what Gregorius one looks like. He informs you it's a half elf. See if you can find him. So, oh, for him. Yeah. Just like that. You go probably a hundred meters down the wall. Mm-hmm. You go to the side and you see a kind of stable. And next to the stable is a very well kept cart. It's actually a carriage with a roof. And it's a faded white paint mm-hmm. with faded gold lettering that says Swan oh. Express. Oh. And it's got a picture of this blue and white swan flapping its wings on the doors. And attached to it, currently, and feeding, are four axe beaks. Oh, yeah. And the, the cart has sleds instead of wheels. Um, and you see, yes, you see Gregorio Swan. He's uh, quite a very robust individual. He's five foot eight, quite large. He's got a very thin mustache on his upper lip. And he's attending to his axe beaks. Gotcha. Oh yeah, Hel- hello. Um, my name is, yeah, Gregorio Swan. What can I do for you all? I presume you're all here for some kind of travel, or you're just coming here to say hello? Uh, well, uh, whilst you do look like a very friendly individual, and uh, uh, 
uh, I'm making your acquaintance is, is a great pleasure of mine. Uh, we are uh, here to, 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 to we desire to transport across the Tendalus. Uh, oh, well, we're not leaving just yet. Um, I've only just been back for the past 30 minutes. Magas here, and he points to his axe peaks. Need a little bit more time to relax. Where are you going? Uh, we, we have business to attend to in East Haven. Uh, I hope that's not too far. That's quite a big journey. Uh, we have much gold. Oh, if that's the case, I guess, why not? I, I can't say no to a good financing. Give me the 20 minutes. Let me just finish feeding these guys and... Oh, please, take your time. We no, 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 that's all right. Matters are... Uh, this is... desperate, but I understand you have to... Uh, you have your good duties to attend to. No, no, this is Swan Express. We'll live up to the name. We lived up to the name. Why don't you all hop in inside and I'll let you know when we're ready. I take this guy as a salesman, like, take my cap and I get in the carriage. Yeah, you recognize a good trade. Oh, uh, sorry, but, but before, uh, you seem like a very kind, charismatic gentleman, but we probably should talk money, right? How much would this journey cost? It'd be 10 gold apiece. Do you take it up front or? I would like to take it up front, yes. If something does happen along the way, I am willing to obviously pay back my customers a refund. But I have yet to do so. Yeah, no, 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 you seem. Yeah, I trust you. Uh, I, I, I count thirty out and count another five out. Thirty-five, my good sir. Are you, are you sure? Are you? Uh, no, believe me, it's nothing. Oh please, no. Like I only need the thirty gold. No, please. Oh, just to earn your favor. Oh, well, uh, if you insist. Uh, again, I can't help but refuse a good financing. Right this way, and he opens the door, and a little foldable step unfolds. Oh, nice. You see instantly oil-lit lamps inside. Uh, again, everything's a little bit faded, but it's been maintained to the best of ability that you would expect for a, a service in freezing temperatures, climate, yeah. yeah, freezing climate of this environment that the Frostmaker's Curse has established. And you see this very light sky blue leather seats, white interior inside with windows that they're really, really foggy. Cool. Do you guys go inside? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, yeah. I made myself comfortable and way down to 20 minutes, he said. Nice. Well, basically, uh, uh, that's how I, uh, I lost my pants. Bruh. <laughs> oh, that, that was a long and convoluted story. I don't need the whole amount of it. I just needed the last sentence. You could have just stared at that. Uh, please be quiet for the rest of the trip. You hear a knock on the front of the carriage. So who's sitting I'll at the... I'll be sitting with my back towards the way we're traveling. Okay, so you're All the right. back of the driver. Yeah. 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 So you hear, so you virtual hear the knock right behind you. Mm -hmm. You see a little slide open. All right. Well, we're about to start our journey. Please fasten your seatbelts. This is going to be a comfortable ride. Thank you for going, Swan Express. <laughs> and he shuts the door, and then you hear the reins, and then you hear the axe beaks crow, and they start running. And just as you start uh, rolling out, the snow and the wind is picking up. Ooh. And we begin our journey. About half an hour goes by. It's a little bit rocky for you guys, but what you notice is that every time there's a little bit... Turbulence? Yeah, there's a little bit of turbulence in the carriage for you guys as yeah. you're inside, but it's actually quite nice and warm. We have the oil lit lamps. It seems to be the actual room is entrapping the heat. So much so that it feels like you could probably take a couple of layers off if you want. I think I trust Copper enough to disrobe a little bit in the carriage. Carper sees a blue-skinned drow with pitch black hair and inky black eyes. My god, man. Are you alright? I don't know what that do you mean. <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. Um, can I have all of you please make a deck save? Whoa, big turbulence. Copper? 20, not natural. 
Steve? Five. 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 So all of you guys feel a very sharp jolt as the carriage twists very rapidly to the right. Carper is able to balance himself a little bit. You two though, Steve and Virgil, you two are so caught off guard. You guys go forward, you actually headbutt each other. Yeah. Can you roll, roll damage please? Just roll a d4, uh, Virgil. That's a four. You take four points of bludgeoning damage to your head. <laughs> ah, fuck! Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I had a good hold on this seat, but apparently I did not. Oh my word, brother. I'm sorry, I'm made of metal. My god, man, you need to pat him. I apologize. You guys all realize that the carriage has stopped moving. Oh, lovely. And you hear the slide open, you hear Gregorio's voice. And he's trying to say it very loud because you notice, oblivious to you guys, the storm's really picked up. Okay. Uh, sorry to bother you all with that sudden halt. Oh, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> That's that's, right, that's good to hear. We try again. I try to maximize comfort for all passengers in this. Can you believe I did this guy? Um, there's just uh, we just sorry. There's just unfortunately, it's a bit hard to see, and we just noticed something kind of blocking the main path that took me by surprise. So I kind of seems to be like a body kind of frozen in the middle of the snow. As soon as he says that, I'll get out. But I'll, I'll just take like one step out. You see in the distance a good 15 feet away from where you guys had deviated off the path, there is indeed a body frozen in the snow and it's kind of just sitting there with his long hair blowing crazy with the wind. Because uh, he got out the outside of the carriage obviously, I'm sitting there massaging my head. What do, what do you see Steve? What, what stopped us? Uh, looks like, uh, what well, Gregorio said, there's a, there's a body sitting, sitting upright. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna, I'll have a little look around. And I'll, I'll take a few steps and then go have a scan around of the entire line. I'll get to the front of, I guess, the axe beaks. Yeah. Have a look around. Just Make a perception check, please, for me. You got advantage because you got goals. I want to get out and have a look around, too. Yep. You got disadvantage because no goals. So you're, like, kind of looking with this wind blowing in your face. So eight for Steve. 12 for Carpa. So Carpa still has a high roll. Steve, you can see a few things, but everything else past a 20-foot radius. Basically, shades of grey. It's yeah. very hard to see. Carper, you can see a little bit better, but you don't see anything out of the ordinary that will sense danger. You notice that it's just vast snow, but you also see this body now. You got to approach the body? Yeah, I guess I didn't see any. He was kind of looking to see if it was like a trap or anything. Okay. He didn't see anything. So, so you two, so Carper and Steve, you guys walk in tandem towards the body. Closer inspection now, nearly face to face to this frozen individual. You see this individual is now black to gray skin which seems to have been decayed but preserved with the frost. It's got very long gray and pale white hair, as well as a long gray white beard. There's a blue cloak covering its shoulders and its back. It's got some form of armor on its body. Um, seems to be a leather backrest with an ornate dwarven design. I, I, I think Steve, like Steve understands the, that thing. It's probably not alive, just from the look of it. Well, he assumes it's not alive, but he's gonna be like, hey, Buddy, see if there's any response from it. You hear nothing besides the rough wind blowing past you guys. What kind of creatures of race was? It looks humanoid, and you can't tell much from the waist down. Is it worth getting out for? Uh, probably. It's, uh, most, most... It looks like we got a dead body or something. I'm massaging my forehead, but I get out. Okay. You walk over, you see the same thing. I presume you've already checked if this is like an ambush. Yeah, I didn't see anything. 
while they're talking, I want to like brush the snow off this thing, have a closer look at what it, who it is. Okay. You go closer to the body, start trying to brush the face. You notice it's frozen to the touch, and then you start brushing off from the cloak and the, the armor, and you notice all these various inscriptions on the armor. More specifically, a symbol on the chest, and it looks like a curved draconic skull with spikes that circles off into like a C shape with a pointy tail that meets the bumps of the mouth. As you start rubbing it, you guys all feel a vibration underneath you. Can you all please make deck saves, please? 17. Virtual 17, Steve. Two. Steve got two. Eight, Eight for Carpa. You all start to feel the ground underneath shake like a tremor. And as it builds up pace, you notice that the ground beneath you rises, the snow starts to brush off the rest of the individual and you see that this decayed body is harnessed and the legs are strapped in and notice what appears to be some kind of almost rock-like white substance that you're standing on as the snow disappears beneath your feet. And it keeps rising and you all start to fall backwards as you fail your deck saves to save yourselves. Gregorio sees the vibration happening and starts moving the cart further away. Virgil, how would you save yourself? I would scuffle backwards, but look forward still. So you scuffle backwards and you notice that this is picking up quite suddenly. I'd probably turn, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make yeah. heal and turn, and you get to a point where you feel safe enough that you can't feel the vibration. How far did I move? A good 30 feet. Okay. Carper and Steve, how would you guys try to save yourselves? Power crawling away, not facing it, just getting away. As I'm falling backwards, I bound off my heels, try and land with my legs spread. You're all gonna take damage here from your falls because what happens is, Steve, you start to lose balance doing like a tumble roll as you roll against the surface that's rising. And you, Carper, trip and you misplace your step. This is 30 feet in the air. That is what, D6 per 10 feet? This motherfucker. Steve, you take eight points of fall damage. Carper, you Please. take 12 as you fall 30 feet away, but you guys are tumbling because you're hitting the surface and you see from the back what appears to be this nearly gargantuan body and you see it start shaking the snow off more and more. And what is before your three eyes, Virgil, Carpenter and Steve, is an ancient white dragon that's emerged and it shakes off all the snow and it makes eye contact with you two, Carpenter and Steve, as it circles around and you see the rider high up on the nape of its neck where it meets its spine. I'm gonna get to my feet and just have my hands up, wait a couple seconds, see if anything happens. I'll, I'll go. Uh, oh my god, sir, terribly sorry to have interrupted. Uh, my name is Carpa, uh, what's yours? As I'm like slowly pacing backwards, like stepping back. You see, it doesn't break eye contact with either of you as its nostrils flare and it goes to open its mouth and you hear a very loud roar. And then it opens its wings turns around and it makes a big flap and you all need to make deck saves again. 19. Carpa got 19, Steve got 2 oh, no. and Virgil got 5. So you, Carpa, keep your ground as the shockwaves from the wings flapping against the surface, blasting your face, but you, Steve, get blown away at 20 feet. You, Virgil, are not prepared in time as Steve bash it to you. And you see this ancient white dragon fly in the air and then disappears into the blizzard. So, you guys have just seen this ancient white dragon fly off. Right, okay. Get off me, you big hunking lug! Yeah, my bad. I get to my feet and then I extend my hand to help Virgil up. Oh, thank you. <clears throat> so At I'm least you can do anything. That's my bad. 
Right. Uh, what the <laughs> fuck was that? Topic just gets uh, back what, in the carriage. Yeah, what's, what's Gregorio doing? Gregorio's just shocked. He's just like looking <laughs> at the sky in the distance. Gregorio, when you've traveled these, uh, I should name as long as I have. Uh, you, you know, strange happenings that happen all the time. Well, that was quite a surprise. I've, I've heard of white dragons in Icewind. I haven't seen them before. That was... Please, do not let it shake you too hot. Um, I would see best in our best interest to make haste. I agree with that. Uh, can we quickly please and comfortably expedite through this pathway? Of course. Uh, of course. The best idea you've had uh, today, Gregorio. And I hop back into the carriage. Carriage ride continues, you hear Gregorio start the reins and you feel you guys get back from tough terrain to back on track. What would you guys like to do in this period of time? Is there any conversations you want to have or going straight there, fast forwarding? What kind of people ride dragons? That I do not know. That symbol was uh, worth noting though. Oh, my name's Chesspoint. Yeah. Is, does anyone know anything about East Haven that we should know? No. You know nothing about I, I, East Haven? <laughs> I, I've been there briefly. So Carpenter on deception, your steam's rolling inside. Good thing I'm very deceitful. Fifteen. Oh, <laughs> yes. And you got fifteen. Fifteen. I guess I got nothing from that. I believed in what he said. Hundred percent. But you, you feel bad for asking. <laughs> Can I see? Yeah. You can. Virgil sees through the deception. Yeah, but I say nothing. So the remainder of the trip goes smoothly as your five hour journey comes to an end at 4.30 in the afternoon as the carriage comes to a halt. Gregorio gets off the driver's seat and opens the door for your party. Thank you for traveling with Swan Express. We are now at our destination. Welcome to East Haven. Before you all on the main path is the bustling town of East Haven, a large industrial town on Lake Dinashir. Unlike its counterparts of Targos and Brinchander, East Haven is not limited by walls, allowing this town to continually expand into the trader's paradise it is today. A town founded by thieves, pickpocketing is a legal crime here, with Watch Thy Pouch plastered everywhere to alert visitors. The town is led by the respected human male speaker, Danith Whalen. Their town symbol is a white snowflake above a white tower adorned on a tricolored shield of grey, brown and blue, representing the town and location. The town sacrifices people to appease the Frost Maiden, but winter has also caused Lake Dinashia to freeze over, stopping the ferry business and fishing trade that East Haven once thrived off. As you guys all get off into East Haven... Do I see one of these signs? Yeah, there's actually one right at the gate. Okay. I'm going to put my money pouch in the same slot that I have SBF in. Nice. Um, if that would be all, I'm actually going to be taking my carriage and my X-Beaks down to the stables. If you need me, I'll be here till tomorrow morning. Gregorio looks at you all, goes onto his carriage, pockets his gold, whips the reins, and the axe beaks take off. Uh, I turn to everyone, I uh, say, so, I uh, uh, hope you all don't really mind my, me taking leave. Uh, I will be going to rest it at a local inn somewhere. I hope that's not a problem. Do you know where we might find such lodgings? Do you know of an inn? I'm sure we could find one if we follow this road and then I like point down the road that leads to the, the, the white lady in. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Do you guys follow? I, mean, I, I see this. Bear with me, so, uh, yeah. your, your word is, this is the best heading that we've got so far, or major? I, I, I don't lead, I kind of like wait for them to walk next to me, like up next to me as if I'm not leading. Okay. You guys are walking past the various houses, the various establishments, you notice all kinds of very strangers and people. I was about to say that upon seeing the signs about pickpocketing, I think Steve would be quite vigilant. Okay, so you roll perception check if you want then. 
13. I would love it. I've got very little care for money as it is. 15. Awesome, Steve. As you guys are walking, Steve, you take notice of a few things. So you take notice of not just the signs and the characters involved, you also see posters and uh, messages discussing the murderer and that the murderer is currently being held and that tonight they're planning to execute them. You don't know, it doesn't say any other information besides that, but you see various posters advertising it as if it's like an event. The same where? Yes, the execution will be held at the front of the town hall and it will be conducted by the council of East Haven. And it says tonight, so it says uh, eight tonight. Does four hours count as a short rest? Or? Yeah, yeah. Short hour is a short rest. I'll, I'll relay, I'll, I'll point it out to the group. This, this is the execution I'm, I'm assuming we're looking for. Uh, maybe I'll just settle for a short rest and a snack. We can do that. So with Carper in lead, leading. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's leading from. Are you directing them to the white lady or like? No, it's walking down the road. But then, like, if for example we have to turn left, I kind of like lean to that side a little bit so the whoever's on the left kind of just goes down that road. I feel like there'll be a few moments then because you're not obviously giving the directions where they'll walk off a little bit and then realize you're not with them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I go. Oh, sorry. I just I wasn't paying attention, so I apologize. Steve will be actually with his high perception. Kaipo makes those late minute turns. It's like a bunch of kids in on the dad. Basically, gra- you like grab just like a scruff and a t-shirt. Yeah. A few moments go by, roughly 10 minutes, and you eventually reach the White Lady Inn. Named after the local legend, the White Lady Inn is a five story, musty public house inspired by the legend of the White Lady, a ghost who is said to haunt Lake Dinishia on East Haven's port, the location where her rich husband supposedly drowned. Oh, there's an inn right there. Oh, so it is. <laughs> right. Alright. Can we do the thing where like no, you're already no walking ideas. towards it, but then you do the... Oh, yeah, it is. And then you just keep walking towards <laughs> it. Like, oh, right. I, just, <laughs> I was walking in a straight line past but I slowed my roll like a lot. You guys walk in and just like the exterior, the interior is also very musty. But it is bustling. There is a various kind of people around. Steve, you see groups of people eating, listening to a lute and dancing. You notice that there is a halfling talking to a group of strangers um, as if he was recounting a tale. And then in the center is an elderly woman who is currently <coughs> attending to people. Okay, am I the only one that noticed the halfling telling the story? Yep. And in a direction towards the halfling, but okay. not to it, just so I'm in, within earshot. Okay. Uh, I'll probably be like going to get food and a drink. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, so we'll go with Steve first. Then. I'll so make it like I am heading in that direction. Yeah. So if you go close to the halfling as you're circling back to the counter of the proprietor, you overhear what the individual is saying. And they are recounting a tale of the White Lady. They say the White Lady haunts Lake Dinnershire. And it is because the White Lady's husband was a miser who kept his treasure in a heavy lark chest that never left his side. Perhaps it was this heavy chest that capsized his boat and sent that man to his sunken grave. Or perhaps it was the fright of seeing his dead wife that caused him to capsize the boat and drown. Whoa, buddy, that's a, a great story you got there. Well, thank you. Um, it's actually not a story, it's true. The, there's, there's truth to it. Well, the white lady exists. She's a ghost. You, you've seen her? I suspect that. I have not just seen her. Oh. I've spoken with her. Name's Ronaldo. And that treasure, believe me, that exists. That treasure is also there. I 100% believe it does. Where'd you see this white lady? I saw her in my room. In your room? You see, uh, I may tell stories, but I also specialize in seances. Seances, right. I'm actually gonna conduct one tonight if you're interested. Sorry, excuse me, what is a seance? I conduct a ritual to talk with the dead. 
What time tonight is this, uh, seance happening? Well, if you're not too busy in the next hour. Right, you know what, that sounds like you're saying you talk to her. I talk to her sometimes, she talks to me, you know, this is what a seance is. It sounds intriguing. Aren't you curious to hear what she has to say? You have caught my curiosity. Well then, meet me here at 5.30. I've already got a few other people that are interested. It'll be in my room here in the end. Yeah, well look, maybe I'll hold it up. Hold it up to you. I'll be around. Very well. I'll see you here at 5.30, uh, Mr. Uh, my name is Steve. Mr. Steve. Stands for Scientific Team Epsilon Variable Executor. Steve's fine. Very well. See you at 5.30, Steve. These guys had a first head start, so you guys all reach the counter and you see an elderly lady. She's in her late Sorry. 60s. She's a human and she's kind of serving people. And then she sees you walk up, she goes, well, howdy, how can I help you all? And she pulls out this like parchment to you guys. That's laminate. And she goes, we call this a menu. What you guys see is orders for various knucklehead trap meals, some duck, and then various drinks prices. You've got dwarf beer, which is a rum. You've got man in the middle is a type of mead they serve. Elven luxury, which is a type of vodka they do. And then just got warm apple pie cider, just natural name. I don't take the duck and the man in the middle. Uh, one quacker and one man in the middle. I'll have the uh, the duck at the, the house special, please. One quacker and one house special. That'll be ten silver for a piece, please. I presume you can get me covered for this. Uh, I look at Virgil and I chuck uh, twenty pieces on the on the bench for myself and the him. And so she goes to the back and you kind of hear like making an order, and then she comes back up, take a seat. Hey everyone, sorry for the disruption. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. This is just a friendly notice that this would be a good moment to take a break and have a breather if you want. If not, then stay tuned as we resume. Uh, I guess I've seen the group as well. Just head over. Y'all guys, y'all heard of a seance before? Uh, I was trying to talk to the white lady. He's invited us. Well, me, and he said to bring friends back to a uh, back uh, in his room at 5.30. I reckon that sounds like a who? It sounds very sketchy. Might not be the best thing, but it seems entertaining to keep us entertained until the execution tonight. Unless y'all have plans. You do know what his sales is. I found out from him he talks to the dead. He said he can talk to the wild lady. You got, yeah, you guys have heard the story. You are aware that seances aren't just for talking to the dead. What are they for? The dead enter the room with you. I, I, I draw concern only because of, of from what you tell me, I, I, I find it hard to trust him. And you see uh, the proprietor holding like various plates and she starts serving you guys your drinks and food. Sorry, you, uh, you, you know this uh, young halfling man who's spouting about the white lady? Yeah, that's Ronaldo. He's, he's a bard. He tells stories. Really driving me up the walls right now with all this nonsense about the white lady and the ghost and, oh, I'm gonna do a seance. Just, I'm just done with his bullshit. He's staying here, right? Unfortunately. Would you be able to tell me uh, which room he's staying in? I'm supposed to meet him for a seance later. Listen, if you want to go see him, that's fine. If you're going to go rob him, I don't care. Room 103. 103, right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Would I have time to eat my meal and go and rob him? Sure. I slam down the, the maid and I, I guess I will say, uh, you guys will have to excuse me, I'm going to rest. I walk towards the room. You see the proprietor, she goes, uh, slow down there, buddy. You want to go upstairs, you need a room. Uh, I have a room, it's 103. No, that's that's that little halfling's room and I know he's by himself. You just came with them, these uh, fellas. Did I say 103? I meant room 105. Sorry. Listen, you want a room, very simple, just pay up one gold. 
Otherwise, and like see in the distance who she was talking to on the food, and you see this Goliath of a half orc man wearing no shirt but an apron and some pants, and he just like daunt you out, like putting his head around the corner. I give him a wave and I just put a gold in the camp. That's that's what I thought. And she takes the gold coin. Thanks, she I guess. Comes back and gives you a key with a little wooden plane that says room two oh four. Okay, I just head up the stairs. I head towards one oh three. Nice. Uh, you go to room one oh three. I would like to check if it's open. It's locked. It's locked. I don't yep. want to pick the lock. Rolf, hand. 23. How would you be unpicking this lock? I kind of just shove the back of my key in and I just jiggle it for ages and kind of like <laughs> shake. And eventually you hear it and the door opens. What you realize is that you didn't actually lock unlock it, you just broke the lock. <laughs> okay. Last one. Appear to be broken? It no, it broken. looks seamless. Yeah. That's what I mean. Cool, cool, cool. That's the 23 there. Uh, I want to look for valuable items. Listen, I'd give you, because you got time and you're by yourself, I'll give you an investigation check with advantage. Got a 21. You find exactly, loot-wise, 11 gold pieces. I want to take six of them. That's actually all you find. All right, I'll leave. I'll try to leave everything as it was before I got there. Have the lock look as natural as possible. Yep. Um, I head downstairs. I go back to the table. I think the plan is, yeah, let's just time skip to the point where the sound starts. So 5.30 hits and you see a crowd of people start appearing. You see two humanoids, they look very bit elderly. You see one, what appears to be half-elven woman, pretty young, and you see another halfling. She seems to be you know, pretty old as well. Does it look like they're like in cohorts with each other? I'll just be honest with you, no. Probably the two humans might be together, yeah. but everyone else kind of seems to be strangers to each other. Right, we'll get the table like next to them, I guess. As you sit down, Ronaldo sees you and he goes, Oh, amazing, you actually did come. And you brought your friends. Oh, yes. yeah, right. Uh, we're here for another spectacle. I told them about it. I'm still at the other booth. We're about to conduct the seance, so we'll be going to my room. Let's go, everyone. You see him hop off the chair, and he, he starts walking, and everyone else follows. What do you guys do? I'm a bit there. I'm the set of caution. So maybe I go with him, and you... I'll hang back. Back? I'll make sure I'm the last one, like, in the group. Yep. Yeah, as they're um, going up the stairs, I'll finish my drink and I'll start like going up, but from a distance of it and all. Oh, oh yeah, well, I mean, once Wednesday said how to head up, and then I'll yeah. follow with you. So we'll, we'll just say you guys are always lingering outside the room, then, yeah. I'm presuming. So we'll go from Steve's perspective. You guys go up the stairs, you go to room 103. He goes to open the door and notices that it's unlocked, and you see him a little bit puzzled, and he thinks, maybe I'm not, I forgot to unlock it. And he leads you into the room and he organizes you guys into various locations. So in the far back of the room is a window. Ronaldo sits right in front of it and grabs his sack and then he gestures to all you guys sit around. So where would Steve like to place? I'll go the third, yeah. So you go the third in line? Yeah, sure. And you close off the circle. Ronaldo starts handing out candles and he starts handing out matches and he starts lighting the candles and he makes sure that each of you guys have one so it gets passed down the circle. He then starts going around the circle in front of you guys and starts pouring various powders from his powders to form like a circle. And then he goes to his area, he grabs a glass, a liquid of some sort, places another powder in it, swirls it in and drinks it. He then goes back to his position right in front of the window facing you guys in the circles. Now Virgil and Carpa, are you guys, the door's been closed. So what are you two doing? I'm following his lead because can we hear what's happening just by sitting outside the door? Yeah. Or Actually, you know what? Because the door's already, the lock's broken. I just want to like crack it. Okay, make a stealth check then. 20. Uh, very easily you open the drawer enough so you and Virgil can listen easily, yeah. And then Ronaldo gets started. Now, very simply, this is going to be kind of like a ritual. So I'm going to call forth the spirit and I will need all of you in party to believe with me. And you see he lays out his hands and he starts calling. 
Oh, white lady of the lake, we call upon thee. Please, hear our calls. Come speak to us. And then it starts chiming in with everyone else, start gesturing, and it becomes an echo with various voices. I'll like mumble along. And I just go, Oh, oh white, white lady of the lake, we call upon thee. Please, hear our calls. Come speak to us. A couple minutes go by and candles start to flicker. Um, can I please have a charisma check for me, please? Cool. You start joining in, everyone else is chiming, and what happens is you start to see the room get a little bit darker, and the candles start to flicker, and you see Ronaldo, and then you see his eyes are starting to roll back in his head, and then there's a big gust of wind, and the candles go out, and then the candles come back on, and you see Ronaldo is there standing, and his eyes are rolled to the back of his head. You hear a second voice overlaying Ronaldo, sounds like, and he goes, you have called. What can I offer? The half elven woman, she goes, Are you really the white lady of the lake? Yes, I am. And then the, the halfling older woman perks up and she goes, Is my son alive? And you see a pause from Ronaldo and a window breaks behind him. The old lady looks confused and then takes a step back thinking maybe that's not the question wants to hear. Lady of the Lake, what is your name? I do not recall my name, nor my life. And then you hear the older man step forward and he says, Lady of the Lake, my my boy, my son, he uh, he recently, he was recently taken by a group of individuals all wearing these black necklaces. Where is he? Where is he going? Is he, is he okay? Your son is in Cairdinville. This is a dangerous place and belongs to a cult. And you see him just kind of taken aback. I'm gonna ask, are you tethered to something here, lady? I do not know the origin of my death, nor the reason I am here. You don't remember your husband? I do not know of the man that you speak of. And before anyone else can say anything, you see a large exhale of air expel from Renato's mouth. And as suddenly as it appeared, gust of wind goes past. Candles flicker off and back on. And Ronaldo's on the floor, heaving and coughing. Did it work? Uh, I guess. Is anything interesting? Are you sure that's the lady of the lake you're summoning? Uh, I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm, I'm positive. How do you know? I just have that feeling. Do you know any more about her? Tale as old as times. I'm, I'm not too sure. Right. Well, you know, that was an interesting experience, so thank you for that. No worries. Spread the word, let everyone know, and if this becomes common, maybe I'll start a business from it. Ronaldo gets up, officially like dusts himself off, he goes, Well, if that's everything, let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Um I would prefer if you're not waiting in my room, so <laughs> uh, of course, no worries. Thank you very much. Now, I'll leave first, since I was kinda of the back. I'd expect his feet to be out first, and then when he continues, I would walk behind him. Renato tries to lock the door and he starts walking down and you hear him going A Bartaban! Bartaban! My door is broken! And what are you doing? Uh, it feels like Steve is probably leading. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that dude. Oh, the guy who asked us about his son? Yeah, easy. So that man and his companion he came with, they're about to leave the inn. As he is leaving, I'll, I'll stop him. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah, hey, you, you're I'm that armored fellow that I'm was... I'm the robot, yeah. 
Yeah, you can say robe. Oh, you're a robe? I didn't actually notice that. Uh, a knight of some kind wearing some armor. I, I genuinely didn't know. My name's Hector. Hector, it's nice to meet you. I noticed in there you said something about your son being taken. Yeah, uh, my boy. It's a little bit strange, you know. It's been a couple of months now. He, um, his name's Ryan. He, uh, I don't know. I, I can't really explain what happened, but it all happened so fast. He was such a different person back then. He was so nice and so many leadership qualities held real hopes and esteem for him. You know, we've, we've taken care of him since he was a young boy. And then he disappeared, came back the day later. No accounts of where he'd been, and he was changed. He was mean or darker. This, this might sound strange, but did he have any extra jewelry yeah he had this this necklace that he found like a piece of black eyes yeah 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 piece of black eyes how do you know this i've heard of it i have no idea about it like i've heard i've heard myths of like eons past like black eyes i, I don't know too much unfortunately i'm not one for the books Couple days later, some men showed up. Tiefling and a man. They had a chat and they walked off. They also had those necklaces. He willingly went with them. Yeah, yeah, and it was so strange. He just wouldn't talk about it. And, you know, I've been wanting sick these past two months because I can't find head or tail or get right. a word out. And you, you heard the lady say care Genova? Yeah, I, I don't know where. I mean, that's a good place for me to try now. I hope I don't come across as rude asking this, but are you battle ready, sir? I think it might be dangerous in that town. Listen, I'm not a fool. I'm not much one of a fighter, but you know, when it comes to love, I'm, I'm willing to put my heart on the line, so. That's very agreeable. I think we have a few more things in town and more than welcome to help. No, thank you for offering assistance. Um, We gotta go, so. Please, uh, be safe. Likewise, armored man. And the uh, two of them turn around and exit through the door. What would you guys like to do in this remaining time? So you can either say we wait two hours and we go straight to... I think maybe we go there with some time. Straight away I'm gonna go. I think we, yeah, we should. Yeah, so you guys are gonna go now, now? At least, like, yeah, go to maybe like the jail or where they're holding these prisoners beforehand? Yeah. If we can get them before, we'll get a word in. Do I see any, like, guards around? Yes, you see various men from part of the militia for East Haven. I'll approach one of them. Oh, howdy, sir. My name is uh, Steve. That's for scientific team at Slumberg Lexicure. Howdy. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, uh, me and my friends were just looking for the, for the town hall. We heard there's an execution happening. That's not happening until, you know, another two hours from now. Unless right. you're trying to get a good seat. So. Uh, yeah, it sounds like quite the spectacle. Yeah, well, you know, this guy's murderers. What could you tell us about him? He's a murderer? No, anything else, uh, any uh, specifically a uh, person how he's dressed, anything like that, any details? Yeah, very well. Well, I wasn't there when he was detained. I have not seen him even since. They've got him really locked up tight. Uh, they're making sure no one can see him. All right, they got him locked up at the town hall? Yeah, they got him locked up at the town hall. Oh, They've got right. him securely locked, a lot of guards. They really want to make a statement of this guy doing the wrong thing. He, you know, they found him killing bodies. They found him on the bus. They found him committing the murders, yeah. And cool. they found some bodies. The speaker's at the town hall, right? Possibly. Um, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, Speaker Daneth is... Daneth? Yeah, Daneth Whalen is his uh, name. You know, he's very respected in these parts. He's considered a long-term planner. He really has a good foresight for endeavors. So you'd say you're a big fan of his? I think everyone in this town is a big fan of him. That seems to be the, uh, the general, general consensus that uh, he's well-liked. Uh, he's definitely a well-liked speaker. Um, you guys aren't from here, are you? No. No. Uh, I traveled the, the western parts of the towns more often. Oh, well, we're out very I'm enough. just simply not from here. Fair enough. <laughs> Stay quiet. Shake my head. Other than that, I, I ain't got too much information. They say he's a, he's a dangerous person, so that's what I've got him locked up. He's some kind of wizard. He's got some arcane abilities. 
So they've got them secured, ready for this execution. Pointing us in the direction of the town. Yeah, well, it's a, you just go east this way, and it's, you know, not that far, maybe 100 feet. Maybe That's alright, we'll have a little scout around. Yeah, no worries. Oh, well, well, I'll see you guys there. Well, let's, let's get this son of a bitch, eh? <laughs> That's right, sir. Teach him the... Put him in the ground. Yes. Uh, it's just despicable what he's been doing. He's, I heard it's atrocious. Actually, how do they uh, perform the executions? Oh, you haven't heard. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Fire. Yeah, they're gonna burn him at the stake. Oh, is that, does that count as a, a sacrifice to the crossbow? We're gonna make one, yeah. We both want stuff. Well, thank you very much. All good. Before, at some point, I would like to go into an alleyway um, and tell them all to come in. We're doing, I'm going to try this again, but this time I have a plan. Does anyone have any water on them? I've got a water skin. Uh, my plan is, I want to heat up the water skin over one of our bonfires. With the water that's in there, I would like to shape an ice crown and an ice cane, and then I'll cast Disguise Self and myself to look like uh, royalty. Specifically, I want to look like Arthas from Warcraft 3. Okay, with it. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, it's easy enough. So you guys are kind of hidden in the streets to start a bonfire. You start the bonfire, you hold the leather pouch over, yep. it uh, melts the ice into water. I want to shape it into like halfway between a cane and a staff. You've got a cane and a crown, yep. and then you disguise yourself into... Describe this individual. A, uh, essentially, so like blackened armor, but it looks regal. I just look a bit um, menacing, but with status. Uh, let's have, let's have a little bit taller. I'm like 6'3". I feel like my my impressions of the, the women may be the wrong move. Uh, you gonna explain your idea or you just gonna go for it? Uh, no, 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 yes, I, I feel like uh, you are my uh, regal entourage. We travel from the uh, far north kingdoms uh, in the deep north uh, and we demand an audience or we, we can claim that perhaps this prisoner is one of our men or just so we get to see him. Yes. You know what, I'll, I'll, I'll well, pretend to be one of your guards and I'll stand up like dead straight. Well, okay, uh, I don't think we should be really uh, drawing any attention to ourselves. I will let you go and do that, and I'll just hang out in the in the crowd with everyone else waiting. If uh, if anyone is not confident in the plan, by all means, you do not have to come with me. No, I think it's a very good idea. What kind of what do we call this Virgil? We call this Virgil just his name is Arthas. Arthas, okay. Yeah. I've got a cloak. It's like a long black cloak that's dragging the snow behind me yeah. as well. Yeah. So, in your disguise, Virgil, Steve in tow, you guys journey to the town hall of East Haven. Before you is a large three-story wattle and daub building of mostly stone with some thick timber covered in snow and ice. A flag bearing the town symbol flies atop the hall's roof. Before the town hall is a courtyard that has begun preparations for the execution, with a beam vertically elevated atop the centre of a five-foot stage. A granite bowl is wedged between the two, filled with various debris and tinder. Behind the stage is a series of steps facing the town hall's entrance. As you walk to the town hall's entrance, you see guarding its door are three seven foot four human guards. They seem identical, except for their piercing and vibrant colored eyes of blue, green, and red. Disguise self to be me, but seven foot. Yeah, sure. As you, as you Don't walk, do it in the audience. As you're walking, you get a step, you become a whole foot taller. <laughs> I am Arthas, Lord of the Deep North. I demand an audience with your speaker. You see this blue eyed, look at the green eyed one. Um, hey, Mitchell, you know anything about this? I don't know about this one. Uh, what about you, Daniel? <laughs> I don't know. You ever heard of some king from the north? 
Uh, no, I've never heard of King of the North before. Uh, it is Lord of the North, and you'll do well to remember it. Roll up persuasion check now. Great. 20? Yeah. That's fucking good. <laughs> the DC is really high. <laughs> the one named Mitchell looks at you and goes, oh, well, this is kind of different. Um, let me go inside and ask. And he uh, opens the door and closes it, and you're stuck with the other two of the triplets. And about some time goes past. What are you doing this pan of time, I may ask? How long do I have? Oh, just you tell me and I'll tell you one. You know, someone of my status and uh, the respectability does not like to be kept waiting. Are we supposed to do something? I, I don't really know. The, if you don't mind me asking, you know, don't usually you come with like a whole concierge of people and there's multiple people that usually we get a notice about, you know, high... As he says that, I take a step forward so I'm in line with others, but I still don't say anything. Well, alright, I'm just asking a question. I mean, okay. Look at this is kind of... I'm I'm just gonna stop talking. <laughs> and they just wait there in silence. Uh, if more than like a minute passes, I would just walk up. A minute does pass. And as you try to step, they both pull the spears against. Now listen, regardless of status, you have to wait. That's the rules. This is Town Hall, this is East Haven. You would dare to get in front of my way? That is my destination. No one steps in front of me before my destination. I rarely have to deal with such insolence. As you continue talking, the door creeps open and you see Mitchell walk out. And he half pops out and he's just like, Sorry, what was your name again? I rarely have to answer that question, let alone introduce myself twice. I am Lord Arthas of the Deep North. As you half finish that off, he goes, You can hear kind of in the distance behind the door. Uh, Lord Arthas, Lord of the Deep North. Where the Deep North? We're in the deep north. Can I roll for history to see if I know any way about north? What's that, 10? You know, Icewind Dale is the north. You don't know of any settlements whatsoever that are past 10 towns. I come from Beland, beyond the sea of moving ice. Now roll for deception. Uh, 10. You see Mitchell go back and relay the exact information you said, that you reside from something past the sea of moving ice. Mitchell closes the door and goes, uh, yeah, um, my boss says there's no such thing as anywhere past the sea of moving ice, so. Well, it seems like your boss is ill-informed and was educated amongst the slums if he's not heard of my land. And yeah, Mitchell scratches his head and he opens the door again and he realizes exactly what you said. And a moment goes past and you see him shake his head, kind of nodding. Very well, come on. Yeah, all right. She said, come on in. Can I do an inside check on that? Just yeah. That's uh, a 12. Sounds like the flares working. Let's go. So the two other triplets retract their spears. Mitchell opens the door. Just for an extra, an added piece of status. Yep. I would like to um, speak to the nothing behind me and say, you can unhide yourself, light being. And then I would like to cast Dancing Lights and add, <laughs> and I have my lights spawn there as well, to have a third part of my ultimate. Okay. Yeah. Roll to session again. <laughs> Twelve. Okay, so as the door opens before you, Virgil and Steve, you see the first floor of East Haven's Town Hall. It is a stone floor covered by velvet red carpets. The walls are adorned with oil paintings and light emits from iron brackets attached to the rafters. However, you guys don't get much time to take this view in as before you, you see the tall guard Mitchell and next to him is a smaller, hardier looking older woman around 5 foot 11. 
She is a half-elven woman with straw-coloured hair, has several scars on the left side of her face resembling claw marks. She is adorned in plate armour with her shoulder pads in the image of bare heads and underneath is wearing brown fur and leather clothing. On her hip is a longsword decorated in the same fashion. She looks to you both up and down, especially you Virgil, and seems annoyed. Very well, I've heard that you're after our speaker. Come on. This woman dismisses Mitchell and then starts to lead you. You both notice that the floor is busy with both guards and normal citizens carrying out day-to-day -day duties. The woman eventually stops at a row of stairs descending to another floor and says, Only you, the man in charge, can proceed. Your guard can stay. And then she continues down to the door at the bottom of the stairs. As they go down the stairs, I'm gonna like just stand at guard, like on guard at the mm. top of the stairs, just like face, turn around and face away from his head. Yep. But my last one comes with me. No worries. How confident are you? This is out of the game. Me? Me yeah, too? Like, as how confident <laughs> would Virgil be in his. With how it's gone so far, pretty confident. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, roll just a normal perception check for me. Mark, not good. It's full. Perfect. You walk, no, you walk down these set of stairs that lead to uh, an underground floor. Exactly the same, but it's leveled on the floor. And right now you're in one room. Okay. And there seems to be a doorway that leads into other rooms behind, like a hallway. And this individual turns around and she looks at you one more time. A little smirk on her face. Now, uh, tell me again. Who are you? I am Lord Arthas of the Deep North. That is the third time I've said it. There will not be a fourth. And what if there's a fourth? <laughs> Alright, let's go to you, Steve, because Mitch looks like he needs time to think. There's the guards around? Yeah, there's a lot of guards around, yeah. As soon as, like, Arthas and the other person, I, like, drop my something off. Bosses are crazy, right? And I look at the other guards. They all just like, yeah, boss would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I walk over and give one of them a, a thing with the hat on Steve. Um, you recognize this is the one you were talking to earlier? Alright! Oh, he's like, oh, hey, man! Hey, right. hey. hey buddy! Ah. Uh, Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you let go of the spell? No. Oh, okay, so you're still seven foot tall. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to Virgil. There's never been a fourth before. Use your imagination. What would be a fourth? Uh, the grave consequences would ensue for an individual that would question me that many times. Uh, you are already nearing the end of my patience. Where is the speaker? Let me run on an idea by your head. Um, she looks really tall now. And she didn't before. She didn't before, because you were- I'm 6'3". Six 6'3", three. Six three. so she's a little taller than you now. As in she's grown? Appears to be, yeah. Okay. And she walks a little bit closer. And you're starting to look up at her now instead of before we, when you first entered, you were looking down at her. An idiot walks into a town where they do not belong, pretends to be a king, wastes not just my guard's time, but my time, and tries to waste this time of my speaker during a crucial moment. Throws empty threats and she starts circling around you now. She starts circling around. Yep. I'm pretty confident. Yep. I would like to match her. Okay. Yeah, so we'll be walking like laps around each other. Um, you notice the <laughs> light's gone as well. Walks around, tries to, again, as an idiot would, false bravado and threaten me, not knowing that A, he's talking to the head of the militia, B, I have a lot more power than he does, and C, doesn't recognize when he's walked into a room that blocks magic. And if you were to look Virgil, you would realize that your disguise has vanished. And that on the doorway of the staircase are various wards written with glyphs. Then the lady draws her sword at you. Now, let's go back to Steve. 
I'd, I'd just been like, oh, from, from before. So I was off duty before. I'm working with my boss now. Uh, to be honest, I came in here to get a look at that son of a bitch. Do you know where they're keeping him? You know what I'm talking about. Murder. Oh! I come to look at that son of a bitch. Oh, oh man. I mean, you're, you're right. You're on the right stairs. Um, good thing you didn't walk in. That would be. I'd have to arrest you then. Oh! Yeah, man. Are you going to arrest my boss? Your boss is down there? Uh, is he? I don't know. You, you just. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait. Did you get taller? Did I get no? I swear, so, I swear, we're all level last time. I, look, I'm a robot. I have moving parts, but my parts do not make me taller. Roll deception. Not one. <laughs> hey, wait, lean in a second. As I lean in, I dismiss the spell. <laughs> <laughs> so goes, it's all one move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you lean in, and he goes. Yeah, I thought as much. Listen, buddy, you... I mean, some people are insecure about their hearts. You know, sometimes I wish I was seven foot tall. You know, I, I'm the most of my family. I got the... Have you seen my brothers outside, the triplets? They're fucking... They're seven foot four. There's four of you? No, I'm, I'm the oldest. It's weird, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Listen, honest answer's a little bit embarrassing, you know? But, I mean, good thing you didn't go down there and try to do it because, you know, there's no magic allowed in those prisons. That's why we got that wizard down there. Tied up because it's the best. You, sorry, you said there's no magic allowed. Yeah, we got all uh, kinds of bullets. Uh, I need to check a boss real quick. Uh, oh, Am I, I able to go down there? Um, do you know who we walk down with? Uh, What's that? Do you know who we walk down with? Uh, the, the boss lady, your boss. Okay, well, why sh why should he be worried? You know, he's not going to be attacking anyone, is he? Oh, uh, I think uh, sometimes without his magic, he can be quite defenseless. Well, that's no problem. You know, Captain Indra is a lovely person. She's uh, if you're up front with her, nice and honest, she's nice and honest back. Yeah, and we have been honest, that's right. Yeah, no, he's so I'm sure she would be honest. Yeah, so there's, there's no worry. You can just chill. Don't stress, man. I'm well, sure maybe, maybe I should just shout downstairs and <laughs> make sure he's okay. Nah, it's okay, man. Don't maybe, worry. maybe you can head down and just make sure everything's okay. He starts rubbing his back. He's like, ah. Oh, are you not allowed down there? Nah, I can't. I just don't know what the formalities are right now. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a closed off meeting. That's why they're down there. Right. Well. Alright, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll walk down, I'll have a little knock, and I'll ask Captain Inger if, you know. Well, if she gets angry, you just tell her it was about my suggestion. Oh, I'm definitely going to say it's your suggestion. Oh, yeah, of course. No, no, yeah. throw you under the, the bus there. What's a bus? I'll, I'll go down now, just give me two secs. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> and now we go back to you, Virgil. Captain Indra has just drawn her sword, and she's now pointing it at your neck as you are backed up against the wall. Now, what the fuck do you want? And who actually are you? I am Virgil. I am one for the theatrics. <laughs> and I fear your speaker is about to make a grave mistake. He's killing the wrong man. You're saying that he's killing the wrong man. So the man that we found actually committing a murder is not someone that committed that murder? I would like your reports of the events. I don't want you anywhere near our town hall. You're gonna leave me and our speaker alone because you've really got some on my bad side. May I ask, uh, who, who was responsible for this? Are they a trustworthy individual? I want you to roll persuasion for me. Eight. You are one persistent fucker. The guard was me and my militia. Are you saying that I'm untrustworthy? That I have East Haven's interests not at heart? Trustworthy is not the word I'd use. It, look, I understand that I'm not in your good books now. But my intentions were on the up and up. I'm just trying to make sure your town does not make a horrible mistake. She starts cutting a blade down your neck, and she stops your collar, and she she feels that there's something there. Okay. Show me what that is on your neck now. And she presses 
a little bit harder. I am lowering my hands. Slowly, by uh, surely, I pull it out. Alright. Not what you're looking for, I presume? Well, the man we've got detained is from the Arcane Brotherhood. Okay, let's go back to Steve, and let's also give this guard a name now. So Harry, the guard that you've been talking to, starts making his way down the steps. I am gonna follow the guard down. Are you stealthing? I'm just following. Hey man, like, what are you doing? I'm just checking on my bus, man. Yeah, uh, you, you asked me to do it, just, just... Oh yeah, I'm coming with you. No, no, you... <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's right, you go first, I'll come behind don't, you. Don't remember like two, two transitions ago? Like that was what you said, you were gonna wait up here because you weren't allowed down, so I'm going for you, I'm putting my neck... Oh, net. I thought you said I was allowed to come down with you. No, 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 I'm saying you stay up here because you're not allowed down there. Alright, I'll stay here. Yeah, you stay up here. Yeah, as soon as he takes a step, I'm also... <laughs> what did I just say, man? Like, what are you doing? I'm just messing with you and I stand still. Okay. Um, he walks down the stairs, and it's at this point As where, soon as he's at the bottom of the stairs, I come walking down. As he opens the door, he sees Indra having you, Virgil, at sword point. Yep. And she looks and looks at him. Harry, what do you want? As soon as he says, um, I come behind him. Howdy! Uh, my name is Steve. <laughs> she looks at Harry, she goes, Harry, what the fuck? Because always there's been a lot going on. You, if you're looking out for it, can notice that he's currently got his necklace out. I'll take a note of it. Not deal with it. Yeah. Look, I, I see what I, I'm just gonna assume what's happened here. Look, we need to talk. It's very important. Okay, you roll for persuasion. 19. Imdra holds the sword still. Look, we can explain all of this. We just need a couple minutes of your time. Alright, in the cell, and we'll talk. Because I don't trust any fucking one of you. Yeah, that's fair. And she comes in, she opens one cell. You're making a mistake. Alright, so you go in, you go in. Sure. She locks the cell and then she gives the keys to Harry, tells Harry to walk away. All right, you've got five minutes to persuade me otherwise, or you're staying in this fucking cell. Right. I'm just talking at once. Oi! Let's start from the very start. Who the fuck are you guys? My name is Steve. This stands for scientific. I have time, man. Scientific team I'm very I heard you the first time. I'm a tour manager. Ah. And I'm a negotiator. An early success with the old Blimtart taunts me. <laughs> Steve's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And now we go back to this person. Now, as I have said four times, I am really fucking with you. As, I, he, as <laughs> you finish your face, I saw that you threw the ma'am, ma'am. We're all idiots. We're not going to deny that. My name is Virgil. I'm a warlock from the Sword Coast. Uh, together, uh, along with some others, we uh, we make up the Beasts of Fremen. Only good intents. We, we, we come to your, your town trying to seek out the murderer. We just think you have the wrong man. You really don't fucking listen, do you? How much do you, you this know about Red Wizards? You can roll this is a roll. I got a 15. 22. The Red Wizards are a vindictive, malicious, cruel group of wizards that take advantage of magic. They're apathetic, and it doesn't go past them to commit certain atrocities in the sake of pleasures or magic. And they get away with it because of their high status. Are they like mutually exclusive of the Arcane Brotherhood? Are they like two different circles, or can you have like... Now make a Brotherhood check. I got a one. Okay. Six. You got a 16. Yep. Um, so what you also know is the Arcane Brotherhood, it's a collective of wizards. It's a guild that accepts all kinds of wizards, regardless of their factions. And sometimes not even wizards, just any, possibly some individuals with just arcane abilities. So you've heard some bad things about them. Back in the day, they kind of abused the power, but recently they've been trying to reestablish themselves as pioneers and helping the good. Um, but yeah, that's what you guys understand. 
Uh, but of course, uh, yeah, they are uh, magic users that uh, <coughs> seem to have uh, no care for uh, any consequence of their actions. Yes. Exactly. This red wizard has been sneaking around for a while. I've lost her voice so much. We'll understand. Yeah. These murders have been happening for three weeks. Yesterday, we caught him late at night committing another murder. He killed four adventurers. We caught him red-handed. He yeah. was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. He committed the murders. We know he committed the murders. And if this stops the murders that have been happening around <coughs> 10 towns, then we can be at peace. And we're going to make a statement to any other people that are wishing to do crew acts, especially if there's more of the Arcane Brotherhood lurking around in our, in our settlements. Do you have proof that he committed the other murders for the other towns? Doesn't matter. We haven't for these ones. We haven't for these ones. Well, I'm saying I think there's another person committing the other murders. I think you've just ca caught this dude doing a random murder. And? We're still going to execute him. But what do you have your necklace on? Oh, the sheer is safe. Were you looking for a black ass necklace on my friend? No, I was looking for the insignia from the Arcane Brotherhood. Now I know he's not a very smart wizard doing something stupid. He's just an idiot doing something stupid. Right. Now I'm going to leave you a lot of choice. I can either let you all go, you leave me alone, and we're still going to go through an execution. Or, if you think you're going to be a bother, I'm going to leave you in the cell, commit the execution, and then, we're still gonna leave you in the cell. Well, uh, I think I'm more inclined for that first option. Uh, yes, if those are our two options, then I will pick uh, the former. Very well. She takes up a glove and there's a whistle, and you see Harry come down, followed by his brothers, and Harry opens the cell door. All right, go. They're gonna escort you out. Sorry for the inconvenience. You guys are outside, door slams shut. Well, I mean, we found out that maybe he w wasn't innocent. I still don't think he's the one committing the murders all over the ten towns. No, look, I, I feel like whilst I did not get the results I wanted, I still believe that uh, my gut feeling was correct. The, the thing is, we went in trying to free an innocent man and we found out he wasn't innocent. Uh, but what do we do now? I think, you know, I think that when we get back to Carver, we just say like, oh, oh wrong no. guy, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need to know the details of the story. We need to find the, the actual person doing this. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll just tell him it wasn't it. How long did that take? Is the execution starting? Nah, nah, you still got probably. I'd say we can just fast forward to the execution if you want. I guess we'll um, find so to Oh, yeah, we made up with Kappa, yeah. I guess. Kappa uh, can reveal himself if he wants oh, to. put his scarf up. Yeah, I'll walk up to you guys. Yeah, sure. How did it go? Uh, uh, look, we don't have to get into that, but it turns out he's not no, the I man we're looking for. Don't care anyway. <laughs> with, he's a bad guy. He probably deserves it. I've already left. <laughs> Are you guys going to watch the execution? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Crowds of people start swarming in. You guys, you're like, you're not at the front. Like, there will be people there pretty yeah, much set. Definitely. But you're probably maybe three rows back. Again, you guys stand up, but you notice the crowds are... Although, I think if I'm tall, I would go on to the back. Okay. Are you all going with him or you just... Sure. Okay, let's do this properly to suit the vibe. So, you three stay at the back as most of the Dale folk in East Haven begin to flock around the stage to watch the execution. As the clock strikes eight, the crowd becomes quiet and everyone puts out their lights. The only illumination comes from the aurora in the sky, which is faint and crimson. This illuminates the masses, which look indistinguishable from each other with all their winter gear and grim faces. The town hall begins to open with a loud creak that breaks the silence and out emerges several guards holding lit torches. As they walk down, you can just see at the center of their huddle is their prisoner, the Red Wizard. 
a lanky pale man in a red robe with wavy brown hair, an arched goatee, mutton chops, and a gentle face. You see that he is gagged and that his hands are placed in cuffs, preventing him from completing any verbal or somatic spells. Behind the guards is Captain Imdra, who walks with purpose and a sense of duty. Accompanying her is a middle-aged human male who stops short of the entrance and watches as the rest go on. He is a soft-looking man with brown hair parted neatly, a full beard with mutton chops that stand out. He is wearing a beige shirt with a thick, move-coloured gown, and around his neck is a gold chain with a town symbol on it. This is Speaker Danith Whalen. The guards take the Red Wizard off the stage and tie his legs and torso to the beam. Several guards then wait below their torches as Captain Imdra walks up with a scroll and she begins to read aloud. Design of the Red Wizards of Arcane Brotherhood. You have been found guilty of murder in East Haven. And for that, you will be put on the stake and burnt for your crimes. This is not just to atone for your sins, but to appease the Frost Maiden who curses us for the past two years, so that her everlasting winter shall end. This is also a message to anyone else out there who wishes to commit such atrocities, such murders. Let this be a message and a lesson. You will not get away with this. Imdra then walks off the stage and gives the surrounding guards a nod. And with that signal, they raise their lit torches and throw them into the granite bowl of debris and tinder, which instantly catches fire. The flame then begins to climb up to Zan as it becomes more intense. And although he is gagged and you three are far away, you can hear his muffled screams as he struggles to break free from the flame. These muffled screams become louder and louder until eventually Dazan is fully enveloped as the flames drown out his cries and stop his struggle. The only sound now is the kindling of the fire and the wind blowing past. All the Dale folk are silent as they move closer to the stand, huddled tightly to embrace the fire's warmth in the cold. Virgil and Steve, you are drawn in as the crowd before you takes this step closer. However, Carpa, the most perceptive of this group, something odd catches your eye in the distance. As the crowd moves forward, another individual on the outside, 30 feet away from you, stays back as well. They are still looking at the fire, which was once the Zan, but they seem unfazed. This individual has long brown hair tied into a ponytail with grey sides, a goatee just under their lip, a white button-up shirt with the sleeves rolled up, and a blue vest with a high collar. As this man caught your attention, you are caught off guard as he turns his head to meet your gaze. The flames from the execution are lighting an expressionless face, vibrant blue eyes, clear and cold as ice. we get put in the cell with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Every opportunity to talk that. Hi everyone, your DM Alex here. We just want to give a big thanks from us at Johns and Dragons to everyone that's listening. If you liked our podcast, please stay tuned as we aim to try and provide a new episode every two to three weeks. Hopefully. 
You can find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, and if you have a friend that might be into our podcast, then please share so that they can join our adventure. You can reach us on our subreddit, Johns and Dragons, where you can find news, posts, and ask questions. Mm-hmm.